More fear, more lockdowns, and no thanksgiving for you. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. In just two days, it'll be Thanksgiving here in the United States. Thanksgiving was celebrated last month in uh, Canada. And a lot of people are telling you, a lot of officials, a lot of people are saying, don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Bring your own utensils, your own food, and wear gloves or goggles or whatever. In other words, don't have Thanksgiving. Whatever happened to the, you know, the 15 days to flatten the curve, apparently these government officials that are telling you what to do obviously don't know what they're doing, uh, just like uh, Andrew Cuomo of New York. Be smart. I get it. I understand it. It's wrong. It's wrong. My advice on Thanksgiving? Don't be a turkey. You don't want to be the turkey on Thanksgiving. You know what love is on Thanksgiving? I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for you, that I'm not going to see you. That's how you show me you love me. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad you're you're along with us here during this week of Thanksgiving here in the United States. For the last uh, couple of weeks, you've heard a lot of people talk about restricting Thanksgiving in many of our states. Uh, Governor Newsom in California gave out all these crazy rules on thanksgiving you know bring your own dishes and your own food and sanitize bathrooms stay six feet apart be outside do not sing and it goes on and on because we got to stop the spread of the coronavirus of course he can go to a birthday party and break every rule the worst part is he lied When he first got kind of caught, he lied, saying it was a birthday party. No, it was lobbyists that took them all out. And then then they uh, said, well, it was outdoors. No, it was indoors. The man stood before television cameras and the millions of people in the state of California and lied. In other words, the restrictions he's placing on you he refuses to place upon himself. We've seen this over and over in this country. These officials demanding you under threat of fines and jail, you have to do what we tell you to do. You better do it or you're going to be spreading the coronavirus. You're going to be killing grandma. But they can do whatever they want to do. We saw with Governor Whitner and her husband up in Michigan. We've seen it everywhere. They have draconian lockdowns. Now, what do we learn about draconian lockdowns? I can tell you, they don't work. Sweden proved it. They don't work. Other places have done differently, and the results come out the same. All we end up doing is destroying the economy. And we talked about that yesterday as we look at the global reset. This pandemic and yes it is legitimate in terms that there is a virus now where it came from china uh it came from china it didn't come from a bat through a wet market in china it came from a level four virology lab in china 
don't be deceived otherwise. Whether it was an accident or intended to be a great resetter for the world, well, you have to make that decision as we keep digging for more information. I believe in many ways we get lied to and being, I, I wonder sometimes if these government officials are trying to see just how far, just how far they can push the American people before they begin to push back. Now, see, other countries are more compliant. They, they have given up their freedoms ages ago. And right now, we have people that want you to give up lots of your freedoms. They want to take away your freedom of speech. Look at Facebook. Look at those tech tyrants. These are evil tyrants that run Google. They tell you what you're allowed to see and hear. YouTube. YouTube is disgusting. If you say anything that's decent or conservative, they'll shut you down. Hey, but all that swearing and cursing and whatever, that that fits their community standards. If you're involved with the church and you're doing things on YouTube and Facebook, you better look for an alternative because you're about to be shut down. But when it comes to this coronavirus, can we believe everything we're being told? Can we believe that 2,000 people a day are dying? My guest today, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. Timothy, are, are 2,000 people a day really dying only of the coronavirus? No. No, we can't, because just as in the first go-around, we couldn't trust the numbers then. There were fishy numbers. There were, there were false numbers. Hospitals were being paid to call deaths coronavirus deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't be sure. And we're, to hear 2,000, sure, that scares people. But you're given no comparative numbers either. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'd like to know where are they coming up with this? Where are they coming up with the numbers? Who's sending those numbers in? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it every state? Are they working like clockwork? Because communication in hospitals and so forth is not very good. Mm-hmm. And this certainly sounds like it's extremely unified. Um, and, and so the answer is no. You cannot trust those numbers. You can't measure them by anything. You don't know where they're all coming from. All you see is numbers on TV each day, and that mm-hmm. stokes fear. Well, if you, if you think about this for a moment, and I noticed this this trend beginning back in the summer and into the fall, uh, when you didn't hear about death numbers, you heard about infection numbers all the time. That means we could always get the infection number on a daily basis. Then about every week or two, we'd have the highest number of deaths were recorded today. And, you know, so that's the line, correct? The highest number mm-hmm. of deaths recorded today. Right. And then you start getting behind the numbers. And I, I did this because I worked in emergency management. So I went to the dashboard and I'm going, okay, where, did he really die? Wait a minute. No, this county in North Carolina hasn't. Oh, they're reporting the last three weeks worth of deaths, not one day. That's because they didn't, they only report once every two weeks or once a month or maybe once a week. Very few places were recording anything on a day to day basis. And then they would have to, you know, have the death certificate filed and everything else before they could report. And and it was, wait, wait a minute. So one day we have 2,000, the next day we have 300. Uh, and so you begin to see this pattern of about every eight, nine days, the record number hits. You know, the, it just seems to be a cycle. And it's not a predictable cycle because, you know, I, I've been in small towns in South Carolina, Georgia, even parts of Florida. And, you know, these are small community hospitals and and very small counties, and it may take them, 
oh man, we got to catch up and get this information in uh, to Tallahassee, who then puts it in. And all of a sudden, one day, you got this massive number out of Florida. You know, 100 people died today instead of three or five or 10. And it's because all the small counties started to report at the same, you know, they finally are catching up. And, and I think people forget that you know, these numbers, if you were going based on the kind of numbers that they, they talk about now, we would have a lot more people would have died since March if, if that was the daily count. And, you know, it isn't. And then but we the all- count was also skewed when it comes to the fact of dying with or of mm-hmm. COVID. That's a big so difference. Even that was a huge difference. Somebody has three comorbidities. They die from heart disease and they do a nasal swab with the bogus PCR test and they get a positive and they go, oh, he died from COVID. Exactly. And, 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 the, and also one of the things that came out and maybe you remember this, too. April, well, actually, end of March last year, This well, this year, end of March, back in the spring, before spring started, uh, the word comes out from the CDC to every county uh, coroner, you know, for doing deaths, that they're the ones that do the certificate, and they said, we are officially no longer counting any flu deaths effective on the 4th of April. Now, remember, that's the 4th of April. Cutting it off a month and a half early, you know, the cutting off, they normally, I mean, we have flu deaths year-round. It's just we have more people get it during the colder months. I mean, that that's understandable. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, there's no place to put down, he died of the flu. They die of pneumonia. They, they die with a fever. Uh, oh, that must be COVID-19. I mean, that's, you were told at that point, you didn't even have to do a test. You could use yep. two or more symptoms. Well, all the symptoms of the flu are identical to COVID-19. And, and you know, I mean, so wait a minute. So you're telling me now that because you're not counting flu deaths, but if somebody has an upper respiratory problem or mm-hmm. pneumonia, that's good enough to call it COVID. And that, that's been going on for quite a while. My question now is, how many people in the United States, this is the time of the year, especially when you're up north, more than where I'm at in Florida or the south. This is the beginning or, you know, October is the beginning of the flu season. And normally you have people rushing off to get their flu shots, and but it doesn't make any difference. A lot of people come down with the flu and a number of them pass away. I wonder how many people have the flu today compared to last year. Right. Well, absolutely. Um, And there's been plenty of studies, even CDC, when you look at them, can show you that even when you get a a lot of people who get the flu shot, it does not substantially reduce the flu. Mm -hmm. It does not. And not only that, but Pentagon as well, Department of Defense, really, and CDC have done studies showing that, you know, the flu shot gives you a 36 percent chance to higher rate to get uh, a, a respiratory infection mm-hmm. other than influenza. They call that, you know, respiratory interference. And so you're not told that either. So, look, somebody has the flu shot. They end up getting another respiratory illness. They go into the hospital. They have two other comorbidities. They die. Guess what they're going to call it? Aha. Uh-huh. They're going to call it a COVID death. It has to be. Um, because it, it had a runny nose and had a respiratory issue and so mm-hmm. it's probable and that's what they were told if it seems probable put it down that's all you have to do and 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 you're right if you look at the standard as put out by the cdc earlier this year and it has not changed 
any probable death is included as a COVID death. If there's any attachment or if it shows a symptom or if somebody tested positive, I I always remind people there are five people still listed in the state of Washington to this day that died of gunshot wounds, but are listed as five of the COVID-19 deaths in the, I mean, we know that from one just place, one place only. There have been a lot more than that. Yes, there has. I, look, and, and I said in yesterday's show, right, live not by lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the reason I come on the show and do this with you and you ask me to come on. it. We give a lot of information to people. We talk to them about going to the World Economic Forum site, read it themselves. We mm-hmm. expose the terms. We tell them about the Great Reset. We tell them about these bogus numbers and the PCR tests. The reason we're doing these things, okay, is A, we back them up with documents, statistics, and can show you where to look and and get them, but so that you start waking up out of the propaganda matrix that people are in. All right, this is, and and that's what's really happening out there. This is stoking fear. It is stoking lethargy and paralysis, and people don't know what to do. And as that's happening, it is a feeder for slavery and for total control. You and I were talking, um, uh, we're going to talk face mask in just a moment here, but I want to share something that I read. It was a, it's a great article, and it's one of those things because it goes, it, it doesn't fit the perfect narrative. A lot of people never hear about it. But no, a little while back, you know, the United States Marine Corps is a pretty straight up organization. I think you would agree with that. I mean, my dad was a Marine, mm-hmm. and so I get it. I understand what that means. There's no such thing as a former Mar- a Marine. You are a Marine period to until the day you die and then even beyond you'll be a marine in you know in glory if you can i mean this this is just how they think yeah. well they they were they were used to do an experiment a very legitimate one and i think it was worth doing to understand how these lockdowns and face mask and all these social distancing efforts work i mean we're we're talking like to the extreme you have people like Newsom and and uh, you know a- Andy Cuomo, you know Saint Cuomo of New York, uh, you know more like the Angel of Death, but but still, right. you know it's like well if you go to the, the th- don't go to Thanksgiving, but if you do, bring your own food. You know I mean you've heard all this nonsense. I mean it's it's, it's insane, yes. and so you know no more than six people. You got to be outdoors. You got to sanitize the bathroom every twenty minutes. And it just it's just insane stuff. So, but basically what happened a while back, the Marines decided at boot camp to get some volunteers in a program called CHARM, C-H-A-R-M-E. I'm trying to remember exactly what it stands for, but essentially these recruits were going to be isolated and locked down like there ain't been no lockdown done before for the coronavirus. They were going to do this for X number of weeks. These were volunteers, and they so they were in that thing. And so they're having to wear a face mask anytime they're awake and when they're not chewing food they're not allowed to be within like 20 feet of anybody they're not allowed to go out they're not allowed to do anything i mean the the food is bought to them and the containers have got to go from one to the other and clean i mean we're we're talking this is total absolute isolated lockdown and so they did this for weeks And what do you think the results were at the end of their study compared to the regular recruits that were not social distancing, that were not wearing a mask and all that other stuff? What do you think happened? 
I can tell you. (laughs) Actually, the ones in in lockdown had higher evidence of coronavirus than the other group. It makes sense. It's it's like, wait a minute. I thought that I thought that lockdowns and isolation and not being able to get to these other goods and stores and people and 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 eating you know eating out of these sterilized containers away from everybody else and then putting your I thought that was supposed to make the virus just go away. Right. And, and now, the, you're you're absolutely right because the isolation you're not getting exposed to things and building up immunity so you're becoming more susceptible. Exactly. To everything out there. So it became it, it proved that everything we're doing it's like somebody said, "Okay, if the lockdowns didn't work from earlier this year, why are we doing them again? And if they did work, why do we need to do them again?" In other words, it it, it makes no sense. You know, we're we're doing yeah. something that the evidence is completely against it that this does not work. Yet that's the that's the method of choice: lockdown, take away, wear a mask. And you pointed out something in an email to me that we're going to get into now, and probably even across the break, and then we're going to talk about solutions which is what we need to do as well. In ancient times, what was a face mask used for when it came to people? You you laid it out to me just the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, in ancient times in Arabia, right, the Arabs discovered that when they forced people to cover their noses, their mouths, it, it, it eventually would break their will. Mm-hmm. Um, and their individuality. So, you know, when you don't see a face, it depersonalizes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it makes you more submissive. It, mm-hmm. it really does. So you know that's even when you see the women who wear the burqa and stuff now, even they're submissive in the sense that they they can't even take the eyes, which are the only things you can see, and they're not even allowed to look at you. Mm-hmm. They have to look to the ground. They have to cover everything. It's a very submissive tool. And what I had mentioned to you is modern psychology explains it like this. You know. Without a face, we don't exist as independent beings. Exactly. And so the mask is the beginning of deleting individuality. You know, these face masks, and I'm going to just share what I know, and that you can, if you don't believe me, look it up, double check it. We have all these, you know, just like the made in China virus, we have all these made in China paper, surgical mask things that you can buy. At Walmart, you know, one of the people making 100% profit over last year because they they, they got all the business now because everybody else is gone. They're they're shut down. And understand something about these paper masks that are designed for surgery. Everyone thinks there's some magic bullet. And and we'll talk in a moment about some false stuff that's out there and how I've dug into it. But they were designed a, a paper face mask for a surgery mask is designed to be worn only in a sterile environment it's not meant to be outdoors in your car among other people or you know in the dusty dirty air they are meant to only be used in a sterile environment and and this is the big and that nobody wants to talk about that if anybody you know works in a surgery suite ask this question when they're in that surgery suite and the door is closed uh, isn't there, you know, there's somebody that's supposed to make sure that the oxygen level in the room is turned up 
because the face mask reduces the amount of oxygen you're getting. And so between wearing a filthy mask and touching it all the time and lowering the O2 level into your bloodstream, which makes you more compliant because you're weaker, these were never designed to be used as we're using them. And then you find all these cloth masks are just ridiculous or just a joke. They, they don't do anything except, look, look except get back mask. full of bacteria. I mean, that's all yeah. they do. We're touching them 95 times a minute pulling them down hanging them under our chin mm -hmm. drive down the road you see them hanging from the rearview mirror in people's cars mm -hmm. they're on the seats they're on the floor you're pulling them out of your pocket your yep. bag yeah it's it, it's horrifying it's absolutely more than horrifying. horrifying and you're going to get sick from that absolutely and 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 the thing is they were never designed for that purpose and so right. the whole face mask thing you know we a while back i love how the cdc always has perfect political timing because you know they're still mad that some of their non-medical budget got cut by by the president and the problem with the cdc they have a lot of non-medical people there doing non-medical stuff and playing in politics and you know their job it's not their mission to play in other areas and realms if they're going to be the center for disease control then that's what you need to be but no they're getting involved with gun legislation they're getting involved with global warming they're getting involved with all this other stuff that has nothing to do with their mission and they shouldn't be funded for it and so with perfect timing there dr fauci talks about this wonderful study from the cdc that says a face mask now it really protects you too where's the data i can't find it can you i've been looking no. It's not they there. You have to give it. It, it. It's really sad. There's no, there's no, I mean, who did the study? Because the only studies I find over the last 45 years, and these are double and triple blind studies, by the way, from all over the world, say exactly the opposite thing. So when did this mask become magical for COVID-19 only? That's right. Yeah, it's deception. The, ma the mask has nothing to do with COVID-19. It's what I just told you before. It's about submission. It's about depersonalization. It is about taking away your individuality. And it is about making you submissive. You, you, exactly. That's the plan. And exactly. it's along with everything we've seen so far. Amen. The Great Reset, Amen. the lies. We're here. Everything from the election, no, look, right now, as we record this and then it plays back, it probably the election will still be waiting for the courts. You know, you'll have one group saying Biden won, Biden won. And you have the other that's saying we have proof of fraud. And, you know, the fact you can't find the folks from Dominion uh, voting machines currently that they've kind of left their office in the middle of the night. You know, that's kind of telling to me that there's something going on. And it's like we said, you said before perfectly, it's the win-win. If Biden wins, that's fine. If Trump wins, we can throw all the damage at him and tear the country apart and blame him. So it's a win-win. And what I want to do when we come back in the next segment, we, 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 we can talk numbers and a lot of people that listen understand what we're talking about. They know there's something wrong. And I'll be talking more about it later this week. But in the next half hour, I want to come back and we are whether we no matter who wins this election in the united states we got to think globally here too for a moment when it comes to matters of faith what is the bible telling us to do as christians to prepare and, and i want to i want to gently 
touch on the topic when we get back. There are a lot of folks out there that say that have what I call the what me worry attitude, if you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. You know, why yeah. should I worry? Because the, the rapture is going to save me. And before it gets bad, poof, I'm gone. Y'all have a great time with the great tribulation. And and, and what I want to gently tell you is don't count on it. And I'm gonna, and I know I'm getting somebody mad. Wait, no, no, no. You, you, the rapture is the doctrine of the church. Wait, no. There's no ancient writings that ever said anything like that. And we can attribute one man from England in the 1800s that began to do that, and then Schofield picked it up, and it ended up in the margin notes of some Bibles. It doesn't make it true, because it's really not in the Word of God. And we're going to explain, you know, well, we got a moment here. Why would you say there is no rapture, and where does the Scripture indicate that we don't get out of a tribulation-free card? Um, well, first of all, there, like you said, there's no ancient historical precedent at all. You know, the church is w- filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings um, things to the church, which is theological. The rapture was never talked about, ever, in the history of Christianity for 1,800 years. Yeah. Now, either the Holy Spirit forgot. Mm-hmm. And, and we were we were told to prepare for tribulation, whether it's the great or any. I mean, you know. nobody dying in the Colosseum got the rapture. Nope, they got torn apart by lions. Uh, China, they were killed in China and still are being killed in China now. Russia thrown in gulags and tortured to death. Romania, these are all Christians. They would love to see the rapture, and yet the rapture never came. And the fact of the matter is it's never been a thing in the church. The greatest theologians, the most godly saints the the church has ever produced never spoke of it. Never. You know what? The problem with the rapture just hit me. I mean, this just hit me as you and I are talking. The danger of the rapture is it makes a Christian complacent. I ain't got to do nothing because when it gets bad, I'm out of here anyway. Who cares? And I mean, it really, it makes you, why should I worry or fret? Why should I fight? Why should I prepare? Why should I do anything? Because, hey, when everything gets bad, I'm going to be sitting here in my living room chair watching Fox News and having myself a a glass of iced tea and, and poof, the next thing I know, I'll be with Jesus in the sky. Right. My, my, you know, my, <laughs> my my underwear will be sitting on the chair. That's it. Yeah. You know, Look, my, all, fact, my clothes will be left behind. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, the fact is, it's it's not. It's just not historical. It sounds great. The only rapture or catching up that's going to come is at the second coming. At the second coming. And we will be caught up in the air with him at the second coming at the end. But until then, we must prepare. We must prepare. And the church has always said, this world isn't your home. If they've hated me, they're going to hate you. You're lucky if you've lived a life of peace and relative peace peace as a christian right now but that's not the norm in history the american church is the fat and the the american church is a fat and lazy non-church in many cases today they're social justice warriors or they're hanging into the old-timey religion and i'm not making fun of that trust me i just want to make you aware that you know you may be believing something that is not true and getting a false sense of security 
when we are told in the scripture we're never to have a sense of security in this Christian life. Not one, yeah. Name me one example where St. Paul says, you know, I mean, I'm going to be wealthy and prosperous and happy and content in all that, you know, and I'll, I'll always be fine. God will take care of me. Well, he will take care of you, but not the way you think. And we'll yeah, come back. And I count it all as dumb. Exactly. Exactly. This is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We shall be right back on the other side. We're going to give you some hope. Really, we are. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Tuesday's edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We've been on the air now since the end of August. Hard to believe. Where did the time go? We've had all the election mess. We've had all the campaigning mess. We've had all the speculation. We've had the COVID virus up and down, up and down. We have the World Economic Forum telling us that our life will never be the same again and people living in fear. I shared a story not long ago. I had to fly to Virginia and back, and yes, I lived. I didn't die, you know, from the COVID virus. Flew on a very small jet uh, up to Washington, D.C., then on to Charlottesville, and, and I remember being on the plane with this lady wearing a face mask, gloves, and a face shield on the plane and a raincoat. And when she got off the plane, uh, she got into a car because I was coming out getting ready to go to my rent-a-car and as she was picked up she was picked up by a husband wearing a face mask a a face shield and gloves in their own car and they they, they live in fear they live in fear of this virus and, and I don't get it we know it can be dangerous for some I get it by the way if you want to contact me uh, by email. It's bob at truth2ponder.com truth2ponder.com and our mailing address I'll give it again at the end of the program is 21 Berkshire B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E Berkshire Lane at the number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia 30537 I've been receiving some wonderful letters and, and I also want to thank a number of you that are financially helping me cover the cost of, of shortwave airtime. The airtime on shortwave is far from free. So everything we're getting is going strictly to that. Uh, for those that are wondering why your check may not have been cashed yet, we're working on getting uh, a, a DBA, which is I need to do uh, for the ministry and for what I do to keep it all separate. It's being taken care of, may take another week, and then we'll have, you know, the the parent and the corp, the parent, you know, it's not a company per se, but parent organization will be legitimate for, you know, properly accounting for this. Because I want to keep the accounting above board. And if people should ever ask, well, how much did you get and how much did it cost? I'll be happy to give you, quote, the P&L for that ministry. I have no, I'm not ashamed of it at all because I'm not making anything. I don't intend to make anything. I just want to use anything we get to grow this to other locations and to more people. God is taking care of my personal need. And so I don't need this to make a living. I'm not asking for that. And uh, I just want to do this as long as God keeps the door open. 
we live in an age where we have the coronavirus fear, this election mess, and Antifa and riots and burning and 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 some false narratives out there. Uh, I mentioned this the other day. You know, we had what thirteen or some odd uh, young black men who were unarmed die last year at the hands of police, and in some cases they were actually trying to attack them and hurt them and take their gun. Um, and for that, we have to burn down everything. To hear Black Lives Matter, you think, you know, 5,000 black people are going to get shot today by, you know, the mean racist police departments. We have to defund them. This is all to cause instability and, and a cause for rioting. And we live in a time, we live in a time right now where we're coming to a point in our history we've never seen before, at least in this nation and in much of the Western world, there is an agenda that, that really wants to capture you and pull you away from the things of God. My guest is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, and I welcome you back to the microphone. As we look at this world, and you know, I don't care what happens, you know, no matter how this election gets resolved in the United States or the COVID virus or the vaccine, this world is becoming a rapidly unstable place. What's your thoughts? Absolutely. It's being changed. Mm -hmm. It's being directed and planned change, um, but not a change you or I want. No. A change that is, you know, these elitists kind of work themselves off of Plato's Republic, where a small clique of, you know, scientific elite will be the ones who determine and rule everything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I didn't sign up for that. And neither did God. And Psalm 2 tells us that as well. They are seeking to cut the cords from them, these kings of the earth. Mm -hmm. and, and the Bible tells us over and over. But in Psalm 2, I encourage people to read that because if you want hope, there's your hope. And, and God lets them know. You know, that here they are saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But he that sits in the heavens laughs yes. at them. He sees their plan and he holds them in derision. And, and he eventually says to them, listen, yet have I set my king yes. upon my holy hill of Zion. Yes. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Amen. And he finally says, be wise now, therefore, you kings, and be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. They're, they're, they're going to get their day. You want to talk a great reset, Bob? You want to talk a great reset? Oh, yeah. Jesus is going to do a great reset. Amen. And it's going to be a reset above all resets. He's already done it. The Lord has done it in the time of Noah. He has done it in the garden. He has done it throughout Scripture. But the he did it at the cross. But the great reset is when he comes and brings judgment and justice and makes all things right. He'll create a new heaven and a new earth. You know, the victory is ours yes and you know, that's the hope we have one of the things that stands out to me you we can go back a hundred years we can go back 500 years even go back 50 years or 20 years the world has never been as connected today as it you know it's more connected today than it's ever been in history period 
Um, the idea of globalism goes way back, you know, hundreds of years and became a real big thing for uh, a president of this country by the name of Woodrow Wilson. He, he was a true globalist in his own in his own right. Mm-hmm. And we've been heading on that pathway ever since. You know, we got involved with World War One to be a part of the global change in the world. But now as we're more connected and we can, you know, literally use Facebook or Skype or anything to talk to anybody anywhere, literally almost, almost anywhere in the world, you know, we're more connected as a global entity. And so we need to have – it's, it's one thing to have a disaster in one part of the world – but if it doesn't affect the other, you're not going to get everybody on board for the same thing. Am I, am I right? You're absolutely right. So it has to be global, such as a pandemic. Mm-hmm. The world has to be wearing masks, every country, every nation, everywhere. It just has to be. And, and when people see it's global, well, that's just shocking. Um, the, these individuals, okay, have, have – had these plans for a long time. You yep. mentioned Woodrow Wilson. Yes, he was the mm-hmm. first globalist. One of his advisors was Colonel Edward Mandel House. Mm-hmm. He was an insider and he was a globalist and he was friends with all of the European intellectuals and the wealthy. So he was there to advise Wilson to get into this mess, mm-hmm. which he did. And we so, did. Yep. And we did. And so all we, and all we ended up doing was, was, you know, teeing up World War II 20 years later. I mean, that's all yeah, we did. That's right. That's right. And and that also had its objective. What, what we have to sit here and look at is say, okay, so if we're looking at global events, where do we hear about global events scripturally? Mm-hmm. And is that put in a positive light or a negative light? Well, it depends on your perspective, to be quite honest. Well, well, here's here's one thing. Okay, globalism. The first globalism was the Tower of Babel. That actually, the word Babel, Babel, right, means confusion. That's kind of where we're living now, isn't it? But you had the world coming together to do something, and God just really wasn't in it, mm-hmm. uh, and so He wasn't too happy with the plans there. So He did something in order to separate nations. And to confuse languages for a time. Now, man has, as you said, with technology, he has capitalized on that. We now have computers that you could speak in Chinese to me, and I'm hearing you mm-hmm. in English, mm-hmm. right? And vice versa. So we're, we're, we're turning the Babel effect inside out. It's no longer an issue to us. No. And once again, we're coming together to build a world and a world government or world order apart from God. I had mentioned to some people just yesterday, this great reset, this new world order is is here. It's being rolled out, but Christianity will have no place in it. Exactly. True Christianity will not have a, a, a place in it. Let's, let's be very careful there because, you know, there, there's going to be in China, you can find the state church. I mean, there is yep. such a thing uh, because You're they're right. not they're not in opposition to the plan because they're the all dog goes goes to heaven kind of places for the most part. Right. And and we we've been we've literally I've watched in my lifetime churches, real churches that used to stand for for what the Bible says have thrown it away. They've they've mm-hmm. they've, they've 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 adopted another gospel which is not the gospel. 
and right. so they are they are sheep they are wolves in sheep's clothing and yes. they, they they're they're selling you a bill of satanic goods and you're buying it you're eating it you're, you're being fed on it and uh, it's like archbishop vigano vigano right he, oh yeah he came out and he's exposing not only the deep state but what he also calls the deep church the deep church that is in bed with the deep state i mean they're they're one and the same yes they are so it is global it is religious it is we we see this coming together political and it's it's the woman who rides the beast you know i i read something someone wrote in on a facebook page i'm not going to say who the person is uh one of my friends and he was talking about he's had enough. He's not going to keep closing his church anymore because the government says so. And somebody writes right away and says, well, well, what if you open up your church and somebody gets sick and then some grandma dies? Then who's, whose fault is it? In, in other words, you know, it's going to be this whole thing of you're going to kill me if you do that. Well, there are a lot of other things you can go to do, get gas in your car. You can go to Walmart and get sick, too. So, you know, right. wh- why is it that California will, will excl- let a strip club be open and you can have 70 people in there and only 50 in a church? I mean, come on. What's going it's, on here? It's not even in even in New York and New Jersey. You know, I think Murphy in New Jersey he came out and he said, look, you know, bars and restaurants have to close at 10 p.m. And yeah, because, you know, the virus sneaks around, gets real hot and heavy then. Yeah. But he said, but the casinos can still be open all night long because viruses don't gamble. No. And, you know, but you can't order drinks and food after 10 p.m. at casinos. But you can gamble. You know, Right, but you can gamble and you're still protected from and, that. And, and you can drink, too, because alcohol kills it, I think. Right. Do you, do you see the insanity of these things? It is really a behavioral control mechanism. It is worldwide. We see this in, in the religious sphere, kowtowing to the governments. That never would have happened early on. And you had mentioned before, you know, there is hope and there are preparations we need to do. I don't need to get ready for the rapture, per se, I need to be ready for whatever circumstance comes to me. Look, the Roman, it's, the yeah. Roman Empire call, you know, they always have their bread and circuses to appease the people. In other words, they gave them entertainment. They gave them basic nutrition. And that's mm-hmm. what the globalists are promising. They're going to control your, your entertainment and your sports. They're going to take care of your health. They're going to make sure you got your protein packets uh, made out of vegan stuff because you'll be healthier that way. They're, I mean, they're looking after your best interest, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Make you a nice little weak slave. It's slavery, and that's coming back, and they're telling you outright what it is. And, and you're going to want it. You're going to you're going to demand you're going to demand it for yourself because you live in fear. Uh, because well, you know, doing all this, the coronavirus will never get you or my grandma or my cousin. You know, because I'm I'm doing it the right way, the way they're telling me, and and I'm Rona proof now. You know, when when Solzhenitsyn again was asked, why, you know, how did all this happen?" and and he he responded, he said, "We didn't love freedom enough," mm-hmm. and he said even more. We had no idea of the real situation. He said we purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. I don't want to have to say that. Well, let's let's kind of go to the final topic here of the day. And this one, I think, is very important. And I'll be coming back to it a few times over the next week or so, God willing. I talk to a lot of people. And some on this program, some are just very close friends in ministry. 
and and not everybody, but one by one, people are getting this calling to be prepared to go somewhere else, uh, where God is. You know, God has been known to call His people to places of safety. I mean, there, and, and it, sometimes it's in the middle of a city, sometimes it's out in the wilderness. But I really believe that God is preparing His true church for something that's going to be happening. And you know, one of our one of our mutual friends, uh, John Peck. And he is a an Orthodox priest, but God has really given him a message of building our own communities, being prepared, being ready to care for one another, and not worry about the government taking care of us, and in essence, hiding in plain sight. The Lord has told me, in, in no uncertain terms, to keep doing a show like this, do it on shortwave, uh, do it on platforms that are not run by the big tech, you know, tyrants. I mean, I'm not, I don't do this program on well. It's out there in some places, but this that's it's not the primary reason. I mean, I've got places you can hear it from where at the moment I'm not going to be bothered, but I'm looking for other ways to keep it going online when the time comes uh, to be, you know, just a small voice that's not going to be, you know, that noticed. And I, I, do you feel, you know what I'm talking about when I say you feel like God is pulling you somewhere to be in a in a place where you can give him worship, praise, and and we care for each other and, 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 and still share the gospel to a lost and dying world. I mean, do you feel that? Absolutely. And this is biblical. Uh, over and over we see in Scripture, the you know, when, when Paul knew things were not good in a city or a geographical area, God had told him to go somewhere. Um, sometimes Paul decided to go somewhere, and God said, no, not there, shuts the door, and then has him go somewhere else. But mm-hmm. we, we always see that. We have a biblical example, but we also have a historical example. The church is in the catacombs. Yes, They went, they, you know, they did not go and try to stand up to the might of Rome. What they did is they went and they worshiped as a group. They stayed together. They, they fulfilled one another's uh, spiritual life and they, they fed on the word of God and on the body of Christ. And they did it by being the body of Christ, by being unified. That's what we need to do. Our strength is not by isolating ourselves with guns and and everything in in the corner of a little house or a cabin. Our strength comes in unity. And when the Christians were caught eventually and were put in the Colosseum, the bread and circuses, right? The Romans were waiting to see them scream and yell and get torn apart, but they didn't. They held hands and started singing hymns as the lions came and took them one by one. And the Romans thought to themselves, What God is this that can cause somebody to die in such a joyous, dignified way? I want to know this God. And they began to convert because martyr means witness. And that was a witness even in our death, which some may be called to. You know, we we sometimes forget that the first martyr as listed in the scripture is St. Stephen. Mm -hmm. And that's my middle name. Uh, after him and, and who was holding the coats of those that were stoning Stephen to death Saul of Tarsus and who did Saul of Tarsus become Paul St. Paul you know so God can change anybody and, and a life yep. and, and I, I mean I'll say this much without it you know getting people into a bad way I know a number of people that you know I know one guy that's has this house you know his retirement house of his dreams 
and suddenly he just feels the urge to sell and move to a different state where God has suddenly opened up a totally different and isolated life to be with other Christians. And he never, it's like, I don't, he goes, Bob, I don't get it. And he's been in ministry long, longer than I've been in ministry. And, and it's just like, he said, this is just so strange. It, all Everything I thought I was building for, because of the changes so rapidly in this world, I feel God calling me away from all this mess. Mm. Yeah. You know, we do feel that. I feel that. A lot of people feel that. Um, but we also have to be smart in, in how we do that. You know, we don't want to always just run from. We want to run to. Mm-hmm. We want to run to. And we make sure that wherever we're going is going to allow us to run to Christ, to run closer to Jesus. Uh, because that is really the most important thing. I, again, I say to everybody, you know, you never know what you have in Jesus mm-hmm. until Jesus is all you have. Amen, amen. And, and we're coming to that. We're coming to that. So we're going to have to find out what, what we have in Christ. And let me tell you something. You've got everything in him. In these in these closing moments here, before we have to you know say say enough for one day, I think there are probably other people that are feeling that same tug. Like you know, am I where am I supposed? Am I where I am supposed to be, or is there somewhere else? I can't I can't answer that question for you. I really can't. But I can answer it this way: um, Is your heart open to the Holy Spirit to listen? Are you ready for him to provide and direct you to wherever it is you need to go? I'm not telling you where to go. I'm not going to be one of those weirdos that say, you got to come to my compound and do my thing. I don't do that. I'm, I'm just saying if, and in some cases, you're going to be right where you need to be. But if you feel that call to go somewhere, listen carefully and, you know, even pray about it. Share with us. We'll pray with you. And for those that are, you know, saying, Bob, I'm identifying with what you and 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 Timothy are talking about, uh, what what do I do? Would you maybe they can even contact you? How can they contact you? And then can you quickly close this in prayer? We got about a minute left, so the the minute is yours before I've got to you know begin to wind it down. They can contact me by Doctor Tim Heart to Heart, the number two at gmail dot com. That's Doctor Tim Heart to Heart at gmail.com. Uh, let's, let's say a prayer. Father, so often we feel apprehensive and we feel a bit um, confused and, and we struggle to make right decisions. But we do know that you have promised to give and to speak peace in the midst of our storm. And you have told us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition to make our request to you. So for all those who are struggling, Lord, give them, give them that peace to pray and then answer them, Lord, in the best way that they can understand. And Father, we just thank you for glory and honor and power are yours forever and ever. Amen. Our guest today in the program has been the the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, and I've had a lot of wonderful and positive reaction to to what he has to share. If you've never heard him on the program before, let me just give you a little bit of background about about Dr. Gales. A number of years ago, he made his living being a a Wall Street trader, did very well for himself, lived in, in New Jersey, would get up early in the morning and commute uh, 
to to Manhattan, where for a number of years he worked on Wall Street and made a very good living. But but there came a time in his life when he really felt the call of of his Lord to serve him, and he decided to take time away from his work. He had saved up money, and he went to seminary and and school and and earned degrees and a doctorate and ended up in the ordained ministry. But he also had a growing family, and, and there came a time that there really wasn't a good income in in being a church pastor where he was at, and and for a while he decided, he thought about going back to work. He didn't know what exactly to do, and he shares the story that his phone rang right about the time he's praying, Lord, I need to you know provide for my family. And a person he had worked with years before said, hey, would you consider coming back to being you know, a trader here on Wall Street? And he said, yeah, I need to really because I, I need to for a while put some money aside to take care of the needs of my family. So, so he went back to work a little bit reluctantly, but it was a good living and he did that for a while. He went back to work in the late 90s and continued to work all the way through and up to 9-11 that day in New York City. And when the first plane hit, there wasn't a big panic, but as things looked a little bit more ominous and we had the second plane hit, it was time for everybody to get out of the building. And and gradually, people were making their way out on the streets. And Timothy tells the story about watching people jump to their death from the World Trade Center and finding his way off Manhattan Island after these buildings had collapsed. It changed his life incredibly. And he pursued the understanding of what it means to be a martyr, a witness for God, one that would give themselves for their Lord Jesus Christ. How, how, does, one, how does one die a good death in Christ? And we need to understand that as Christians, so many of us are wrapped up in this idea that it's wealth and health and prosperity. That gospel is false. Look at the early apostles. They gave their life for the cause. They didn't, they didn't relent. They didn't deny Christ. They died for their faith. If you go into the 2nd and 3rd century and find some of the writings, people wondered why they hadn't been killed yet. They felt like they weren't a good enough Christian because nobody was trying to kill them. And here in the United States, we've, we've become incredibly lazy. It's just so easy to be a Christian in the United States or even pretend to be one or play one. We get to go to our church when it's convenient. And is it really the number one thing in our life, our Lord Jesus Christ, or is it secondary, something for the future? This coronavirus should be an eye-opener. We talked about this yesterday, the the great global reset. Christians are not going to be very popular in the future, whether that future is soon or just a little bit later, it is coming. The tech tyrants are shutting you down. If you are a Christian, I see one ministry after the other after the other say something biblical, and they are literally kicked off platforms or threatened or whatever that they're going to lose their audience. One I know with a half a million subscribers. And it was so innocent from Scripture, but somebody found it offensive that's in the woke group of the world. And they were suspended for a week. And if they do it 
two more times, they'll be completely deplatformed. That's going to be the new buzzword, being deplatformed. And that's why I'm working hard to build this show on shortwave. I'm using existing podcast outlets, but I need to change that too. Do you believe in what we're trying to do? I want to. I also want to help others launch their own podcast, their own video cast. We need to work. We need to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Time is running out. The church, look how quickly they could close it down for this pandemic. And you're right. I don't trust the numbers. I worked in emergency management. Trust me, I don't trust the numbers. If you want to write us here. At the program, we're at our Georgia address, which is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in the city of Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, and we are in the state of Georgia. The zip code up here in these mountains is 30537. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.